Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's topic is every salesperson's secret weapon with my good buddy, Jamin Alvarez. Hey, Jamin, how's it going? Great. How are you doing? I'm really pumped to be here. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, you're pumped because we're finally doing it. Jamie and I were supposed to do this a few months ago, and then it got pushed off, and then then we were supposed to do it last week, and the lawnmower and guys were at my house, and I was like, I can't do this. So here we are today, finally. So thank you so much for joining me, Jamin. And I'm looking forward to this topic, and I think as we get into this, you'll realize why I'm talking to Jamin about this topic. So let's get into this. Jamin, before we start, introduce yourself and your company and where you live. So yes, Jamin Alvarez. Jamin, you know, I respond to anything with a J. I'm not offended by any version of it. Jamin is probably my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I live in, you know, born and raised in Southern California. I'm in Newport Beach. And my company is Freight Tribe, which really was a company started as my excuse to promote the best ideas and people and businesses in logistics and transportation. Yeah, and you have a tribe. Whether you called it your freight tribe or <laughs> yeah. not, you already had a tribe. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's what I that's what I, I dig about very specifically logistics and transportation, because that's my world, is there are different tribes for different people based on personality, what they're trying to accomplish, what different kind of products they have. So it's just that's my battle cry is just find your tribe and get out there and be a part of something. Right. Well, part of the reason a lot of us are friends with you is because you live in Newport Beach. We're all looking for an excuse and an invite to go out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come, come on down. <laughs> I always tell the story when I was in Newport Beach at a party at some friend's house. My sister lived in Brentwood. And I remember driving out of like a Wednesday at three in the morning home. It's like 25, 30 years ago. And I remember there was a traffic jam between Newport Beach and Brentwood. I was like, how? I mean, I'm I'm from the Detroit area. You can walk down the expressway (laughs) at three in the morning. They have a traffic jam. I'm thinking, does it ever end here? No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Beautiful place. I get why there's traffic. So. Jamin, tell us a little bit about where you grew up. I know we touched on uh, California, but where you grew up and tell us a little bit about your career prior to starting Freight Tribe. You know, I grew up, if we're talking years, age in Newport Beach area, but I feel like I really started to grow up in my early 20s when I moved to the Midwest, to Kansas City. And that's also where my journey in logistics and transportation started. And to be concise as possible, it really kicked off on accident, as most people end up in (laughs) in logistics or a lot of people. And it was with Freight Quote when they were a much younger company. Yeah, And they're owned by Robinson now, right? Yes. And so I have an interesting ping pong career over 15 years in freight brokerage, three PLs. And so it started... I didn't even know what a freight brokerage was. And here I am, got hired to do sales at Freight Quote. I was terrible. (laughs) I mean, bad. And I don't mean that. That's not mock humility. Like I truly (laughs) sucked as a sales guy (laughs) for Freight Quote. And six months in, I got, and this is where I say my growing up really started. And I owe so much to a gal named Lori Whitman. She called me in after six months and was like, hey, Jamin, you are not good at sales. So you're fired from 
from that role. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, that's fair, Lori. I agree. And she goes, but now what happens next, if you will, is up to you if you're fired from the company totally or go try this other role. And so it was, she said, you know, we like your energy and we appreciate that. And this isn't a joke. Genuinely, you show up on time and don't try to leave early. <laughs> it was as simple as right. I, So I, I smiled a lot and showed up on time and left on time. <laughs> that, that, Jim, if I could jump in, and I was going to say, you're an asset to any team just because, as you mentioned, your energy, positive vibes. I mean, maybe this is a Southern California thing, but it just... It's infectious. And uh, I think as we get into the topic, people are going to realize why we're talking about this topic. <laughs> so where'd you go after you were at Freightquote? So yeah, so then I got to move to the, the other side of the business and really start to understand. And that's why I sucked at sales. I didn't understand what a freight brokerage, what a 3PL, the value it could bring. So it was the truck drivers that I started talking to and the, the people on the dock. And that just kicked off my love of brokerage and freight and transportation and all that. And so then I moved back to, after several years there with Freight Quote, loved it, but was moving back to California for a girl <laughs> who's now my wife. Well, and, then it was worth the trip. <laughs> yeah, Oh yeah, absolutely. And worked for C.H. Robinson for a few years, loved that. And then I started having kids and remembered what stuff costs in Kansas City. <laughs> and so, so I was like, hey, I, I miss the Midwest. And so, yeah, went back to Kansas City Freight Quote. Actually, a dear friend of mine, Tracy Kennison, was like, hey, come lead this sales team I got over here. And so went back to Freight Quote. And then during that time, C.H. Robinson bought them. So I was back under the snowflake. <laughs> I was just going to ask you I whether... Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you whether Freight Quote was started by Robinson. No, but they bought it. Yeah, they bought it a few years back. And so then I went and ran a team, a sales team on the CH side of things. And then from there, went to a couple other startups in logistics and freight tech. And then that leads us to today. <laughs> so now you're back in Newport Beach. Uh, yeah, I'm back again. I just, I keep ping pong. So how, how long until you're back to Kansas City? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you when I miss the Midwest the most is right now, coming up on right now is the fall, fall and spring. Yeah, I would love it here. Oh, yeah. Well, in Michigan, we know we, our spring is like, you know, one week. It could snow or be a hundred degrees, right? But what an amazing, <laughs> what an amazing week though. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, the fall is perfect. I always say, here in the Midwest, if we had one extra September, one extra October, and one less February and March, these would be the most crowded states in the <laughs> union. <laughs> so tell us a little bit why you started Freight Tech. Or I'm yeah. sorry, Freight Tribe. I'm sorry. No, you're you're good. It really it started out of so my mother recently passed away and, and oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, it you know, she was an amazing woman and I owe so much to her and, and towards the end of her life, you know, she was aware of what was happening. It wasn't sudden or unexpected. And to make it concise, she basically was saying that I'd been undervaluing my positive energy as a, a force for good and that I needed to really double down on being me, which can sound kind of cheeseball, but she meant it really in the true sense of do what you love and stop making excuses to not chase what you want to do. And so that's why we need moms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so when she passes, like, you know what, this is a time I need to really embrace who I am and use it to the benefit of other people, which will ultimately be to my benefit. And so taking my mother's advice, I started Freight Tribe and 
really my goal is, and what I do is taking my positive force, my positive perspective and setting other people up, setting up other ideas, setting up companies, people to really have the focus and cut through some of that noise so that the right people can connect. So you, you help them grow their sales and help them with their marketing and connect them to yes, and, growth opportunities. Yeah. And that's led to, you know, my passion is this, right? Like I'm following in your footsteps and uh. I've, always, <laughs> I've always been a fan of yours because podcasting, if you will, or this type of communication, you're helping the best, and I'm saying this because I'm on the show, you're helping the best in our industry right. <laughs> be highlighted and get to meet other people. And I, I think that's a very positive thing that's needed. Right. I, well, Jamin, we've talked a lot about this offline is the logistics space being so large. We have all the transportation stuff, all the warehousing, and then you look at the technology, which is growing so rapidly, all the special services, all the logistics stuff. There's so many, it's a big bucket of stuff, five buckets. And in a lot of ways, nobody knows all of it, but we all know a piece of it. So I think there's the advantage of podcasting in this space is how do you hear from people who know more about another area than I do? And that's, you and I were both complaining about this when we were offline is it's hard to listen to other podcasts when you have a podcast because I'm always listening <laughs> to my own. I'm always doing, <laughs> yeah, doing something. The, yeah. Hard and, to have the time. Yeah. So I embarrassed myself because I was like, yeah, yeah Jamie, I gotta listen to your podcast. And he, <laughs> he goes, no. yeah, I'm a little behind on yours too. So yeah. anyway. But that's why I think it's great because we all have our different personalities and they can all show so that there, and you had mentioned this, it, there are some people that will enjoy both our podcasts or some people will be like, hey, right. Jamin's approach is too fluff. Like that ain't me. I, I right. like Joe's approach right. or vice versa. Yeah, there's it's whatever fits, right? <laughs> so <laughs> this brings us to our topic today. So yes. today's topic is every salesperson's secret weapon with Jamin. <laughs> and Jamin, what is that secret weapon? Optimism. Oh, see, that's not, when Jamin told me this, I said, that's a good answer. But with Jamin, he's got optimism down to a science. So, so he, <laughs> he gave me like the master, master class on it. So hopefully he'll share the same thing. So, so I totally agree with him. When he said, you know, this topic and talked about optimism, I was like, yeah, I mean, really is it's right on brand for you, Jamin. And so true. I mean, the difference between winning and losing is sometimes just that optimistic mindset. Yeah, our attitudes matter. Our outlooks matter. And why I think this is such a fun topic to discuss is because, and you had pointed this out when we were talking, it is not something that's exclusive to anybody. It's, it is something that we can all have and leverage to our benefit. And we don't even have to do it in the same way. I happen to naturally, I'm just being me. I smile a lot. I laugh. <laughs> This is just me. It's yeah, not. Yeah, you're not high or anything. <laughs> I know. Uh, and so I, I just, that's how I am. But then I have come to appreciate and realize that there are people that at first glance, you know, well, that, that person's kind of a sourpuss, but they in their actions and their internal attitude are wildly optimistic. Right. And their work is showing that they have, you know, they believe that they will affect the positive outcome. Right. And that's what I love. There's not one brand of optimism. Right, right. And we'll get into that one. because that was, So Jamin gave me five points, and I only want to take you through this as the five points. Maybe you can discuss each one. So the first one is an easy one, which is optimism on a good day. Talk about that. 
Yeah, I mean, when things are going well, when we wake up on the right side of the bed, as it were, it's easy to believe that outcomes will be positive because things so far the because you're the winning. Outcome, yeah, it's like life's good. You got that bluebird on your shoulder, and you're singing a good tune. The sun's shining. So then that becomes just existing in in the moment. That's the I don't like the word easiest, but I'll just for lack of a cooler way to say right. it, that's when it's easiest to be optimistic. Right. And Jamin, sometimes I think this optimism on a good day, today for you and me, we both got out of bed. <laughs> We're both yes. alive. We're still healthy. Kids are doing well. And to some extent, you could say, hey, I'm winning. I won already before I go to work, before anything happens at work, I already won. So sometimes I think that's a perspective thing. I absolutely agree with that. It so much comes down to perspective. Yeah. There are some of those people, though, and I think they're very, very successful who they get to work and unless they are killing it, they don't feel like it was a good day. And that's a whole other vibe we'll talk about in a minute. But so optimism on a good day is easy, but it also might be a perspective thing. How are you looking at the world? You know, if you say, hey, I'm optimistic because I'm healthy. My family's healthy. My car didn't break down on the way to work. Hallelujah, I won. <laughs> yeah, you're you're spot on. I think so much about perspective and how we define a good day. Yep. And that gets it. It'll be a common theme as we talk, but that's having personal definitions of things like a good day or a personal vision or goal for yourself, I think is so vital in having optimism. So Talk about having optimism on a bad day. So this is the day where I lost a sale or I lost a client. I got yelled at by the boss. My wife's mad at me. My boyfriend's mad at me. Whatever's gone wrong. <laughs> How do you deal with optimism on a bad day? Yeah, and this is when I think optimism becomes the most powerful tool that can really separate you from other people, but to keep it on focused on sales specifically. This is what can separate you from others as a salesperson. And it gets goes back to perspective as well. But it's having that vision for yourself, having your own goals that you can then focus on that instead of focusing on the junk that's going on in the moment or that has right. happened, you can you have something to look beyond right. and past. And then for me, I <laughs> this is a little dark, but I think, man, I lost that sale. But and I don't mean this as a joke. I literally kind of go through this, but did I die? Or did something really bad happen? Right, right, right. No, it was a sale. <laughs> and right. so just putting things in context and then looking forward to, okay, I still have this big dream, this big goal, this vision for myself. Right, right. So let's keep fighting. Yeah, you mentioned your grandpa being a Marine. Yeah, <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah this is very formative. So he's a Marine and a, uh, a real John Wayne type. And so he's very, you know, really look up to him still, but as a very impressionable when I was young and it, the expression from the Marines embrace the suck. <laughs> right. And I love that because it's look, life does It's not it, things don't have to be easy. Not everything is going to go good for us. So don't just fold. Keep one foot in front of the other. You don't even have to be pretending like it's fantastic what you're going through and be fake of like, oh, well, I'm just happy to be alive. Here, I get to fight through this problem. This yeah, is great. Right. That, that's going to piss people off around you. <laughs> you can be like, this sucks. This is not great or this is hard or whatever. But your feet are still moving one step in front of the other right. and you're just embracing Hey, life's a struggle. Sales is a struggle. It can be a grind. Embrace it and keep moving. 
Right. Jamin, you heard too much about Navy SEALs for me recently. So I fell down <laughs> that rat hole during the pandemic where I listened to a whole bunch of Navy SEAL stuff. I watched them on Joe Rogan. It's fantastic. And I'm thinking Jocko and um, David Goggins. And I think all the women are just clicking off, saying enough already. But <laughs> Dan Crenshaw. And one of the things that I really enjoyed hearing from those guys is how they deal on those very difficult days. They said also, they said there's a humor that these guys use in the worst situations. They say they'll be making jokes that somebody gets shot and they'll joke about them getting shot. And they said, they go, it's part of our, almost our ethos. Like I got shot, but I'm still laughing this off. And I was thinking, hell, I'm never getting shot. <laughs> I'm all losing yeah. as a sale or, you know, I, or gained a few pounds or whatever that I don't have that problem. So I love the military, like your grandpa, John Wayne attitude of, they buck it up. But when Ann Holm was on here, she also talked about the strength of like moms and grandmas and uh, the women in our life who have a different energy about it, but the same perseverance and attitude of, hey, buck up and move. <laughs> my mother, I totally agree with you. And my mother had a 10 year battle with cancer where she several times was supposed to have died and she fought through it. And one thing I appreciate from her example to that extent of just embracing the suck is she didn't, you know, didn't always have to go through things with a smile or be fake or get too pumped up too high, but also never getting too low and just, right. Hey, this treatment, I got to do it and I'm going to give it my best and just really just keep going, keep she going never- and good things will happen. Or even if good things don't happen immediately, you're at least setting a great example for those around you. That's what I was just going to say, Jamie. What a great opportunity, awful opportunity also, but to learn from somebody who had that attitude. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I'm very grateful. She never saw teaching you. No, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but it made you stronger, I guess. So. So we talked about optimism on a good day. That's easy. Optimism on a bad day. That means you embrace the suck, just the stuff that you talked about. You also talked to me about being optimistic, but still being realistic and not getting crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it can't, it can be a fine line of does your optimism have a, is there a basis for your optimism? Now, if I'm a salesperson and I'm not doing the foundational work that we all know, I won't go, you know, go into all those details. There's the foundational work and activities we should all be doing. If I'm not doing those, but just sitting there by my phone, my email smiling, <laughs> then like, I just know that someone's going to call or I know this, I'm going to land this deal, but not doing the work. Well, then I'm crazy. <laughs> right, right. So you have to do, you still have to do the work and you have to be realistic. There are problems. You have to fix problems. Yeah. You have to push yourself. There's going to be unpleasant moments, but you have to acknowledge, you know, you, you got to acknowledge the issues. And if there's some issues that you can repair and there are some issues that you can't repair, you're just going to have to to deal with them or move around them. So not acknowledging the bad or the issues, whatever we want to call them, that's not going to help anyone because then sometimes you're missing an awesome opportunity to learn. Right. And that's what's ultimately then going to lead to the, we'll call them the better days or the, you know, getting the sale. So there are massive lessons to be learned in the bad times or the the failures. Right, right. So the next one you talked about, and I I know you're right about this. I never gave it much thought until you said is this idea that some people are optimistic even when their mouths and their face might say they're not optimistic, their feet are still moving in the right direction. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, there's a 
brand of salesperson that I've just come to love and appreciate that when I was leading a team of sales folk at Freight Quote, there's this group of people and at first glance, you're like, my God, these are a bunch of negative people or just surly would probably be a better word. Not even negative. <laughs> just it's like, God, do they, you know, do they hate the company? Do they hate being in sales? Do they hate freight? And it, oh, they were East Coast people, right? Yeah, there's that was uh, the problem. See, you're bringing that, you're bringing that, <laughs> that sunny Southern California vibe, and they're like, "Hey, screw you, yeah, and, <laughs> screw you, surfer boy, we got work to do." <laughs> exactly, and it's funny because they would literally say that kind of stuff to me. I think it's hilarious. I loved it, and we came to have mutual respect based on just joking like that. But so, what I did though is I, you know, I kind of I was judging in my head, but I didn't say with my mouth yet. I was just observing. But I was noticing that these surly salespeople are almost maybe negative saying some bad about freight or <laughs> industry. Or sarcasm, or, yeah. Sarcasm, yes. But wow, they were working. They were working hard. They were doing the actions, the activities. Their actions were wildly optimistic because they wouldn't be making that next call. They wouldn't be sending that email or dealing with that issue in a way to resolve it and do a great job for their customer if they weren't optimistic about a positive outcome from those actions. So it taught me so much about do not think that to be optimistic, you have to be like me, smiling and laughing and all that. No, there's so many versions. It's about, it is about doing the work about activity towards a good outcome, a better outcome, an ideal outcome. Right. Jim, and this was part of our conversation when we were prepping, is I always say that the East Coast still has that vibe of, I'll call, the very difficult life that some of these immigrants had. So if you're coming from Italy or Ireland or Germany or Poland or, you know, a million other countries, million, 50 <laughs> or 100 other countries, and you land on the East Coast, I always think like, New Yorkers and people from Boston, Philadelphia, once you get to know them, they're always great, but they they come off a little more, a little bit more like, hey, life isn't good. Life doesn't have to be good. Get to work. Yeah. Like in I a lot of ways, it. like recognizing that I don't have to smile. Like every moment doesn't have to be rosy. But once you get past it, to your point, they're still in their hearts, they're optimistic, but it's almost a disposition isn't optimistic sometimes. Yeah. And I just learned so much. There's some people from Philadelphia I just learned so much from them that way. And, you know, it'd be fun. They'll be making fun of me or, you know, we're joking, right? Or they'll be saying somewhere, if you just listen to the words, like, God, they're mad at me. But then they're literally giving you right. the shirt off their back almost. And just, I really appreciate that brand of do That's the work. A, you don't have yeah. to be smiling, do the work. <laughs> well, there's some people would say, you know, we're the first generation or two in the world that feels like we should be happy. A lot of people <laughs> through our ancestors probably said, what do you mean happy? I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I ate today. What else do you want from me? We kind of grew up thinking, hey, we're well off. Life is good. We should have a smile on our face. Even when I don't feel it, I should because look at how I live, right? Yeah. And that, that is a danger, right? And, and that's why I think I like how we're talking about optimism right now. If you don't have to fake it. Don't put a fake smile on your face. If you don't, if there's not something to smile about, you don't have to be smiling. Like there's a healthy way to manage through feelings, but it's still one foot in front of the other. Do the work. Right. One thing I was telling some customers that I have from overseas is about smiling. They said something about American smile no matter what. And I said, it's because our immigrant past, we had all these immigrants come here. And this is one theory I've heard. And you might not understand what your neighbor's saying, 
but you just smile like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. I want the garlic. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. I want that <laughs> because I'm just smiling because I'm not fighting with you right now. And so over time, they said just people got in the habit of smiling. And in other countries, they go, why are you smiling so much? And it was more of a cultural thing, not like I'm happier than you are. <laughs> just, yeah. I, you know, it's interesting topic not to go down a rabbit hole but very briefly i find i've thought about this like why do i smile and it's not always to express me being happier but to i want to learn about other people and i found if i'm more approachable and open and smile people feel comfortable and confident and then i get to learn about them so sometimes even me smiling is selfish i just want to learn more from you So you don't have resting bitch face. You have resting <laughs> smile face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that RBF. <laughs> yeah. So the last one you talked to me about was the fact that leadership must be optimistic. And talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Now, this is not meant to be a joke. I refer to this often. And one of the biggest lessons in leadership that I've now applied and copied to with much success came from the movie Remember the Titans. And in that film, there's a football movie. Yeah. In that line, there's something I'll never forget. The coach was upset with the players for their attitude and was was really letting them have it. And one of the players said, attitude reflect leadership, coach. And that has just always stuck with me. Of If you're in a room or on a team and you're not liking the attitudes or the vibe or the results, often it's you got to look in the mirror. It starts with you. In one form or fashion, we're all leaders. So it really starts with you and your attitude does matter. And so an optimistic attitude is essential for success in sales organizations. Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of ways, the team can never outperform the coach. So and I think if you're the sales leader and you've got people working for you, if you're overall kind of got that negative vibe. You know, people aren't going to share their problems with you and they're going to be afraid to because they might have that resting bitch face. You go, I'm not going over to talk to that guy. He's already angry. I'm not going to ask him a dumb question. But if your boss is Jamin, you go, yeah, I know he's going to hold me accountable. That's not has nothing to do with this, but he's smiling. He's open. He said, bring me your problems. I'm happy to talk to you or someone like you about a problem I might be having with my performance. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I found too, when you lead with optimism, individual salespeople or all of us, then we're more apt and comfortable to put our own personality, our own special sauce into what we're doing because we feel safe and like, hey, if I keep doing this work and doing it with my personal flair on it, good things will happen. And so you just go through the grind and are more apt to not burn out. Yep. One of my good friends, he's been on my podcast a number of times, Steve Elwell, and he always says he's a, he works with a lot of salespeople, help where companies trying to get back on track, some turnarounds, but also sales growth. And he always says that if you have a good sales leadership, it can transform an otherwise ineffective sales team. He says, because that guy's going to, first off, have this positive attitude that we talked about, going to be a good leader, but he's going to help them with all the things that they need to understand, like, you know, why are people buying? What's our market? Where are we going to focus? And then on those bad days where things aren't working, he's going to say, that's all right, Jamie, that's all right, Joe, you're not idiots, you're going to be okay. (laughs) And that's what we need. So to your point, sales leaders absolutely have to be positive. They cannot be negative. Yeah, they have to really crystallize that vision or that goal that, and have everyone moving towards it that allows you to, them and their teams, to embrace the suck and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Because if there's not a vision or goal that is optimistically 
we're able to head towards, then we could just be wandering around. <laughs> right, right. Well, this is awesome. I love these five points. Again, Professor Jamin doesn't just say optimism. He has five ways to look at optimism. <laughs> I'm going to summarize these, then I want to get your uh, final words on this topic. So you talked a little bit about optimism on a good day and how that's easy. We can all do that. <laughs> that's the, that's the, anybody can be optimistic on that day. Optimism on a bad day, we have to learn to embrace the suck. We have to learn that to have some perspective to say, even though today was a bad day, I still live indoors. My family's healthy. I didn't get fired. Tomorrow's another day. Two steps forward, one step back. Tomorrow's the two steps forward. The next one is optimism still has to be realistic. You can't just say, I'm being optimistic, therefore I don't have to do anything else. It still requires a lot of hard work. It's just recognizing when you're doing the work that I can be optimistic about the challenge. Next, we want to talk about this different vibes, different people express their optimism differently. And again, I think there is that difference between the East Coast, obviously wildly successful out there, but they're a different vibe than someone, say, you know, in California or even the Midwest. Or the South. I mean, there's this, we're all very different. In the, but, I love it. And I think that you got to embrace those differences. Last but not least, you talk about leaders must be optimistic. Sales leaders, you have to bring that attitude so you can your team can vibe off that. So final shots on this one, Jamin. What do you think? Put a bow on this. I'll put a bow on the way again to the way my mother taught me and the example she set is it doesn't, you know, not every day has to be a good day. We don't, not every activity we do has to be great. We don't have to love it all the time, especially when you're going through bad stuff or sales is a grind. It doesn't have to be great, but guess what? We have to do the work anyways. So we might as well just keep pushing forward. And she had an expression that family is all University of Southern California football fans and their slogan is fight on. And that became something that she embodied and we say in our family all the time is fight on. And so that's as a salesperson, if you're doing the activities, doing the work and continuing to fight on and push, good things will happen. It'll get better. Excellent. Excellent. So, Jamin, before we wrap it up today, talk a little bit about what you're doing over at Freight Tribe. Yes. So Freight Tribe, I'm doing a lot of good things with some different brands and people as an ambassador. But what I'm most excited about and would love for people to check out is my podcast with Supply Chain Now. It's called Logistics and Beyond, and I am having so much fun meeting and getting to interview people in logistics and transportation, but interview them in a little bit of a different way. For instance, I kick off my podcast with questions like, what was your favorite toy as a child? (laughs) What was your favorite food? Really getting the human side, because there's people that cover so well the actual X's and O's of our industry, but this gets into the mind and emotion and the backgrounds of who some of these real great people in our industry are. And so I would love for you to meet them in that kind of way. I love that. I love that. So I'll, I'll make sure I put a link to your podcast in the show notes so you guys can click right through it and say it again. What's the name? Logistics and Beyond on the Supply Chain Now Network. Sweet. So we'll check that out. So what's going on over at your company, a Freight Tribe? So that's my one of my main focuses right now. And then also being a brand ambassador, essentially. I mean, I've said it before, and this sounds kind of funny. It's fair game to laugh at me. But <laughs> my goal is to be the Ryan Seacrest of logistics and transportation. <laughs> so, or the Dick Clark, depending on eras. Uh, <laughs> Dick Clark before yeah. he got sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm promoting a, a few good brands, some deals in the works right now. I, 
I won't vocalize just yet, but that will become very obvious soon. And so, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> well, Jamin, it's always been a pleasure knowing you. You're, you're such a positive guy. And again, I think this is a great topic for you. So I appreciate you sharing your views on optimism. And it's funny, once you articulate them, you go, everyone's like, I'm sure most people are going, oh, yeah. True, true. But I don't think we, I think we could all use a pick me up on it at least once or twice a week where you go, Oh, something didn't go right. And you find yourself sinking down. It's, yeah. you got to call Jamin or listen to this podcast again. Yeah. It's not all about <laughs> rainbows and unicorns and candy. It's about doing the work. <laughs> right, right. Boy, it's funny. Jamie, when you, you and I talk about college football, I hope to God my they decide to play college football here in the Big Ten country. They're saying maybe not. And I know out in California, are you guys playing? No. Is USC playing? Not yet. They're, oh, they're rumbling. We gotta, they hope to start get this in November. Going. If we don't play, well, we can't start in November. It's too cold over here. So. <laughs> Unless we play indoors. But anyway, Jamin, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk about optimism. And it really is every salesperson's secret weapon. Regardless where you're at, whether you're retiring next year or just started, we all can use this. Grateful to you, Joe. All right. Thank you, Jamin. And thanks to all of you who listen to my podcast. Your continued support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 